Today's going to be really fun. It's time for OWC Radio. Tech Talk with Creatives. Conversations with host Serena Catania. Jennifer Plotsky, who actually is a very integral part of Catalyst Story Institute. She's the Director of Mentoring and Partnerships. But I wanted to also bring her on because she's an amazing actress. And, And she also produces and she works all the time. And I think Jennifer, aside from being this amazing person, is just, in terms of business, she gets things done. I mean, she... I don't know how you juggle so many balls, Jennifer, but I mean, you've been on The Blacklist, you've been on Sex Lives of College Girls. I'm looking at this list here because there's so much here. You've been <laughs> on, on the film Fizzle, opposite Peter Friedman and Jeffrey Owens. You just finished a film called Haunted, and you're getting ready to start another one called Don't Pick Up. And I think you have something like 15 films, at least, to your credit, and you work nonstop. So. Yeah. Hi, and thank you for coming on. She's going to talk to us about how to work with actors, among other things. So I think that might help you guys when you're working on these shoots. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you so much. That was a very lovely introduction. Thank you. (laughs) Well, you know, I think the world of you, and I'm really happy to have you. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to share Jennifer's uh, reel. You'll just see a piece of her work here. Enjoy. Pursuant to an order issued by Superior Court Judge Victoria Shapiro, we are conducting an exhumation autopsy on Elizabeth Keene. The purpose of the autopsy is to determine whether Agent Keene ingested a tracking device which remains inside her post-mortem. It's probably just reacting to something. I don't know what. Probably it's reacting to you, what you've said. Would you mind taking your mouth to another part of the room for a while? He saw Pierce and I kissing. You were kissing Pierce? I'm kidding. (laughs) Wow. It's not like you to be so careless. I thought you had a rule. Look who's talking. I'm not the one that left my phone on the counter with that dudes and that app that I can never remember. Grinder. Grinder, right, like meat grinder. Our lives are ruined. Not funny. I just wish that sometimes... And we had a perfect life? Sometimes. I love it. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. (laughs) Guys. I think one of the things that makes you really good at this is you have the ability to be thinking about one thing and saying another, and it's that multi-level aspect of somebody that really has true acting talent, right? Um, it's it's hard to find. I always have this theory that somebody either has charisma or they don't. You can't teach charisma. You might teach acting and get better at it mm-hmm. and get better at working with other actors, but you either have that spark or you don't. So yeah. I guess I guess I wanted to ask you, how did you get started? Because there are how many people in the audience would like to go into acting? Is there anybody in our audience that's interested in acting? There you go. I see some hands come up. Great. Cool. So tell us how you got started and how you keep getting all these jobs. Um, do you want me to go way, way, way back to when I decided I wanted to be an actor? Or yes, okay, yes, I do. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, a lot of I think a lot of actors say like I've always known my whole life that I wanted to be an actor. So it's a pretty a fairly typical story in that sense. I was um, like Serena, we've talked about when I was five, we lived in 
rural New Jersey and my parents took us to Broadway to see the play Annie. And that was it. I was like, what, what is this experience? What am I seeing? You know, as a, as a five, maybe I was five or six. I mean, that was a lot to take in for a five-year-old, but it's just this spectacle and all of these things going on. And I was like, I want to be a part of this. I didn't really even understand what that meant. And then when I was in grade school, um, we always did school plays and they did, uh, I think when I was in second or third grade, they did Wizard of Oz. And I thought, I want to audition for this. And so I did, and they cast me as a munchkin because, the, you know, like the, the lead roles went to like the fifth graders. So I was like so excited to be a munchkin. And <laughs> <laughs> you guys can't tell because we're on Zoom, but I'm actually very tall. I'm six feet tall. And so I was tall even then. And so they went to do costume measurements and they measured me and they said, oh, you're too tall to be a munchkin. And I thought, what? Oh, that's terrible. I said, well, I still want to be in this. And so they put me in, instead they said, you're going to be in the Emerald City. And I said, great. I love that. And so I was in the Emerald City and, you know, performing even in that capacity, I was like, this is my life. I know it. And ever since then, it's just been, that's been the path I've been on. So eventually, you know, I went to school and I studied theater and um, worked in theater, but I always knew that I wanted to do film and television. So I'm actually from Chicago. I went to school at Illinois State University. And then I moved from Chicago because at that time there was, it was Chicago was still largely a theater community. There weren't a lot, there wasn't a lot going on in film and television. And I thought, well, maybe I should move to New York. Um, and a friend of mine was headed this way. And I said, you know what? I'll tag along. And so I moved to New York. And it was hard at first because I didn't have, you know, con uh, connections here in the industry. And I thought, well, I really want to be acting, but I, I really had no idea how to get started. And so I did a few things here and there, some projects that were <laughs> not so great. But um, eventually I got in with this group and we, uh, it was sort of a, an, an actor student group and they uh, were doing film challenges where you were kind of, you know, what you guys are doing where it's like you're given a script and, and or you write the script and then you have 48 to 72 hours to go out and make a film and edit it and everything and, you know, put the whole thing together, which was a lot. But it was definitely kind of like, a, you know, getting thrown into the fire so that you could, it was all hands on, you know, you're learning all these aspects of filmmaking. And I thought, wow, I just, I'm in, in love with this. And from that, I started acting more. And I also started producing because I realized I wanted to create more opportunities for myself to act. And so I thought, well, if the opportunity isn't presented to me, I will make the opportunity by producing something either that, you know, someone else has written or that I've written or something to that effect. And so that was kind of how I got started doing a lot of independent film, um, either producing and or acting. Um, and it's just been steady work ever since then. I mean, it's been probably 10, 10 years that I've been doing that. Wow. So why do you think you keep getting hired other than the fact that you're obviously very talented? Is there another secret you want to pass on to us? Well, I think, you know, doing the film challenges way back when was really an invaluable experience because I think it's really important to have an understanding of all of the dis different aspects of production. You know, I don't think that, you know, if you're an actor or your goal is directing, I don't necessarily think you need to go through the entire process of learning, you know, how to be a sound mixer or how to be a cinematographer. But I think having an understanding of what that process is, is important because, it just makes you a more valuable asset on set. You know, you understand everything that's going on. You understand like the why and the how of everything. And so 
it makes you, I think, a more trusted presence on set. And I know that because I understand a lot of these different aspects, directors trust me, other actors trust me. And so there's no question as to how I'm going to perform on set. They know. And also, you know, working a lot, I, I work with the same people repeatedly often. And so, you know, work begets work. And I think that once you work with a certain group and they like you and they will continue to want to work with you. And that yeah. has been the greatest thing that has kept me working. Yeah, I say we travel in packs and there's a reason for that. You know, you yeah. don't have if you hire somebody to work with you that you haven't worked with before and it doesn't work out, you can't do it twice. You don't have the time oh. to redo it. So a lot of times you end up hiring people that are tested and true. How can you help an actor as a director? How can you help an actor trust you more? There has to be yeah. a real strong level of trust. I mean, that director is, you know, deciding how you're going to be lit, how you're going to sound. He's helping right. you with the choreography. He's he or she, I should say, I should say whatever. Right. <laughs> the director. Yeah. And, and so how do you develop that kind of trust? Because it really is a dance. You have to do that dance together. It is. I think, you know, for an actor to be trusted, I think it's important to, you know, always preparation is first and foremost, like always be prepared, right? And be prepared to be able to pivot as well. You know, obviously things change and it's, it's you know, even that process of creating a character, creating this world is, you know, is an evolution, um, so you don't start out in the same place that you end up. So being prepared for that, I think, is key. And just coming ready to work, I think, is why directors trust me, is that I show up, I, I, I work hard, whatever the task is, you need to be ready for. Mm -hmm. So there's that. And I think that on the director side, like for, you know, an actor to trust a director, I think that it's when you work with a director that understands your process, and it's a collaboration and not just you know, being, look, you can get it done by being told where to stand and what to say, like that will get the job done on, on a basic level. But, you know, if you want to bring a nuanced performance to something and you, as a director, you want to get a nuanced performance from someone and something that fits so perfectly in the world that you're creating, you know, that needs to be a conversation. And I think that every actor has a different process. Mm -hmm. And so, and especially like, you know, if, if, say it's, you know, two people in a scene and this actor, actor A is a method actor and actor B is not a method actor or, you know, everyone has these different processes. So it's like, if you're doing this and this person's doing this, like, how do you meet in the middle? And I think a good director will understand how to navigate both of those things so that he could, so that they meet in the middle. And I also think it's important, you know, going back to what we were saying about understanding all of the aspects of filmmaking I think directors can trust me as an actor because I I try to understand what their what their goal is in the scene. What you know, what are they trying to achieve with a certain shot as opposed mm -hmm. to like I'll stand on my mark and I'll I'll say what I'm going to say, but also like that there's a timing and there's a choreography to that. And so I think when you know understanding what they're what they're going for helps you on on the flip side of that be able to help them achieve it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I think especially with indie films, there's not a lot of rehearsal time. And, <sighs> yeah. you know, I think that's kind of a, a little bit of a challenge, isn't it, with that, that yeah. kind of film? Yeah, I think especially in indie film, I mean, 
you know, there's always the challenge of time and that challenge comes from the challenge of money. <laughs> and so, you know, if you have a lot of rehearsal time on set, you know, that's God bless you. That's, that's such a luxury, but um, you know, the reality is just a lot of times you don't, you know, you have to prepare ahead and then you, you know, you get on set and you do a camera rehearsal and, you know, hopefully it's, it's, it goes the way you want it to go. And so I think that that, you know, a lot of that plays into, especially in, in indie filmmaking, you know, coming prepared and, and preparation beforehand before you ever get to set is key. Right. I think, um, a lot of directors who are just beginning don't understand that they really do need to be prepared. They've got to have their shot list. They have to think about those scenes. Yeah. They, have, they should be the first one there and the last one finished. You Absolutely. Know? And, um, you know, I've, I've worked on, um, I've worked on projects where, you know, it's a director that's just starting out and that's wonderful. But all of a sudden, like there is that assumption, like, Oh, we'll rehearse this. We'll work this out on set. And then you get to, you know, you're getting into the final hours of your shoot and you don't have your story. You don't have all the coverage that you need because you spent too much time, you know, doing this or that. And I think that, yeah, like preparation being important, but also, you know, that that man that time management is essential and yeah. being able to know like this is how long this is going to take me. Again, in in working relationships on set, it's like having someone that's, you know, a first AD or a unit production manager that can help you navigate that. Like if you're, maybe you're a director and maybe time management isn't your forte. So, you know, stacking your team with people that you can trust that can help you get that done is, is so important, I think. Mm -hmm. And having that, that relationship and that shorthand with that person. Did you do scene study classes or acting classes? I always get asked the question, should I go to college or should I just jump right into this and start working? I think that training is very essential. I think that, you know, it's like you said, for some people, you can be taught to act. Like if this isn't, you know, if you don't have the that charisma or, or that natural sense of it, you can still be taught. But even if you have all of that, I think it's so important to even continue to train. It's like exercising those muscles. It's like, you have to keep your, you have to keep at it. You have to keep evolving. Like, even as you get older, you know, like for all of you guys, you're at, I'm, we're at a different age than you are, but your life changes so much and your, your, your experience changes and all of that feeds into what you do as an actor. And so to continue to work on that as you get older and, and evolve in that sense, like, I think is really important. And, you know, and like I said, I went to school for theater. And so there were no, there weren't film classes where I went, um, and there were no production classes. This, I, I think it's so wonderful that you guys are, are getting to learn this because it's just, you know, we, I, like I said, I had to do film challenges in order to learn film production. So I, you know, I went through theater classes, which are vastly different from on-camera classes. And so when I moved to New York, I had to do, I, I did on, I took on-camera classes so I could learn the difference of that type of acting. And I think that is really important because you can't just go in, you know, having never done a film before. I mean, I don't know, maybe you can, maybe you're, you're, you're brilliant and you can walk onto set and just know what to do. And if that's the case, then amen. I think it's important to be able to learn that. And again, that just goes back to being an asset on set and being someone that, you know, they can trust to, to, to know what to do. Yeah. So you've just finished The Haunted. 
and you're getting ready to go immediately. And thank you for doing this, by the way, because I know you're prepping because you're starting on another film called Don't Pick Up. Well, actually, Don't Pick Up, we wrapped yesterday. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. I thought you were were now going into. Oh, my gosh. I thought you were just starting. You just never stop. (laughs) Jeez. Well, it's interesting because. Well, so yeah, so don't pick up. We we wrapped principal photography, and so now it's heading into post production. Um, but both of these films, so Haunted was right. You know, they were definitely back to back, which was great. It was two different companies, and and it worked out fine. And I had enough time in between to sort of like take a breath. But a lot of projects during the pandemic couldn't get done, and so as we come out of it, everything is like, we're going into production right now. So it's, you know, a lot of these things are stacking up against each other, which is is fine. And I'm quite happy to be busy. And I had two very different roles on Haunted. I was hired as an actor only. Um, and on Don't Pick Up, I was part of the pre-production team. And I'm also the marketing director for that film, which is interesting because it's, uh, you know, you really get an understanding in doing the marketing for a film like, how, what your ultimate goal with the film is and how that can shape your production and how that sort of can dictate certain things that you aim for. And Haunted was a really great indie experience because it's a horror film and it was, you know, a moderate, not super low budget. It was was a moderate budget, but definitely a budget that didn't include things like CGI or special effects. And so, (laughs) (laughs) so... The writer director is just a brilliant guy. And he basically, you know, was going back to like George Lucas era things where it was like building models and doing green screen stuff. And luckily, like green screen technology now is much better than it was, you know, 20 years ago. And so he was really doing this on such an independent level. And it was fascinating to watch. And I learned so much about filmmaking just from doing that. I thought, wow, because at first I was like, I don't know. This sounds like, you know, how is this going to turn out? But this guy is so brilliant. And I watching him work was like, you know, a masterclass. And so and then I'm seeing footage and I'm like, wow, it's really good. Um, Yeah. And so it was really fun. That was my first first horror film, too. So that was really fun to work on. (laughs) Um, And I've definitely now been bitten by the horror bug. So I definitely want to continue on that. But that was a really great experience, a really great learning experience of indie filmmaking and of indie horror filmmaking. Isn't this a wonderful business we're in? I mean, what else would we do, right? I don't, I don't well, know what I mean, else we I would do. I can't imagine. Yeah, well, right. And I think <laughs> it's so funny, you know, everyone has their own passion in life, but I just would always, I, I being on set is just like my happy place, no matter what I'm doing. And so I can't imagine, I can't understand people that don't want to do it, <laughs> but <laughs> Oh, you know. my goodness. Oh, I wish we had more time. I wish I had like an hour and a half with you instead of a half an hour. Thank you so much. I'm just, I'm so grateful to have amazing friends in my life. She's really a go-to kind of person. That's what we need more of in the business. She's got about 15 films under her belt already and uh, has just wanted to do that since she was a little kid. And she's one of these rare people that, you know, uh, I, I said earlier, you can tell when somebody has charisma, you can't teach it. And, um, and, and, and anyway, so we've been talking about how to work with actors. Jen, I know that you've got so much to do. Thank you for joining us today. It's been really fun talking with you. 